But before we move on, I want to remind you, you're listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you uh, knock on the door of everybody you know. Let them know all about it. Subscribe and get in on our two episodes every single week. And, and put some questions in that review section, all right? Throw some questions yes. in there. We'll go through them. We'll turn it into our little mailbag, and, and we'll answer your questions on the Giants. Love it. So this might be one of the questions. It's certainly one of the ones I had. Give it to which me. Which is, are you or are you not bothered by the amount of blue that was in the stands over the weekend? It's always a thing in both ballparks. Um, and I would definitely challenge anyone who makes the statement um, the Dodgers fan took over the building. They didn't. That's just not factual. But for me, there's an uncomfortable amount. It's an uncomfortable. It's just an unsettling feeling to have that much blue in the stands. What'd you think? Well, a couple of things. I mean, number one, I was sad. Number two, I was thinking, I wonder what Larry Bear's thinking. You know, I mean, he's such a great businessman. You know, like I know everyone wants to rip him. Like, let's call it what it is. He's one of the greatest marketers in sports history. He's kept this team in the bay. He knows how to pack that stadium when they weren't a relevant organization. So I got a lot of respect for him. And I'm just thinking as a businessman, this must. Yes, he likes that there's Dodger fans in the stadium, but he would rather them be San Francisco Giants fans. And I was thinking to myself, is this because of the the Warriors right now in the playoffs? Is that where our minds at as local fans? Is this? pandemic related because i heard from a lot of people on social media the true bay area fans moved away really have Come they on. i don't yeah. i don't know if i i don't know if i buy that now i think there there's a lot of people that have moved away but like eh, we'll see and then number two like is it because the giants are boring like i i don't know i don't know what it is mark like i really don't know it's not ticket prices because you can find an, an inexpensive well, ticket price it, 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 i don't think it's ticket prices um, but I think prices in general, when you factor in Parking. the whole process of going to a game, yeah. is definitely a piece of the puzzle. But that's true seemingly with every professional sports franchise yeah. in America right now. And if anybody has enough people to handle uh, an expensive ticket, uh, look, Chase Center's full. And, and think of the mortgage you have to pull out in order to go to one of those games. <laughs> so there's plenty of people to do this. Look, it's a fair question and conversation for us to bring up and this is just me sort of putting a finger in the air yeah what'd you and, think? and listening to people around me and whatnot um there is something about this giants team that is not quite connecting at a deep level with the fan base and i don't know as you said if that's because uh somehow it's perceived that they don't have any exciting players I don't know if the perception is we're all just wasting time until the Dodgers win the West and, yeah. and, and win the National League. I don't think the Warriors factors into it because, you know, these tickets are purchased largely well ahead of time. And uh, there's no way to know that the, you know, the Warriors are going to be in it. And I know Friday night there were a bunch of people up on the concourse watching the Warrior game from the Giants game. We saw, we that, saw all of that too. I just think the fair concern, and it's for people who – uh, make more money than me to figure out is why is this team not quite connecting at a deep level? And I think, I mean, my biggest answer, this is weird now. Yeah, give it to me. The giants of the big three teams in this town have had the longest run since they've been in the championship round, which is the silliest thing ever because baseball teams would die to say, Oh, it's been, eight years since we won the world series. Like <laughs> good point. not that long, yeah. but it has been that long 
since it felt like they were real contenders. Yeah. Now, that didn't last year, but that ended so quickly. Yeah, and it started late because they didn't have full capacity. That's another thing. Yeah, so this is a this is not a I mean, this is on. not a fair thing for fans to say. You have to win a title every five years or no, more. No. But it feels like we're spot if the Giants want to recapture yeah. the market, they they've got to really put a run together. They got to put a postseason run together. Well, and I think this is where I, I look, I want stars. You know, I do. I would love them. We, I think we all at some level would like to have a star here and there. Right. But like, I don't truly believe it's this simple. Huh, you go get Aaron judge and huh, all of a sudden now they're, they're must see. Oh no, I, I, I don't think it's that easy. Now you put Shohei Otani. He's a whole nother act on a whole nother planet. Like we're talking showstopper. I just think about that ballpark from the day it was built. You had Bonds and Kent and a winning team. You couldn't have opened the stadium at an any better time, right? The, the Bonds act was a novelty act toward the end. Then you had the freak. You had Tim Lincecum. So you had a reason to go in. And then almost immediately after Bonds, obviously the bridge of Timmy, they started winning, right? This is really the only normal downtime that they've had as an organization in like 35 years. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to what we already talked about, though, and say – that whether it's that they need to go on a great run or they do need that young homegrown player that people want to go see because Bonds was kind of separate because he was such a big deal, number one and number two. He felt homegrown yes. because of his dad and all so and, and Willie Mays and all yeah. of that. So true. But then you mentioned it. We get to we get to Timmy and Matt and and Mad Bum. And that's also uh, you know coincides with Buster Posey. And yes, there's still the Brandons, but it might take a Luciano. Yeah, it, it might take a Luciano to gather everybody back to the building and say, you know, let's let's lock back in. Maybe it'll take the 49ers and Warriors not being as good uh, for for a second. You know, I I think that that doesn't help either. But uh, whether the perceptions are true or not, perception is reality. And the perception is amongst many that Farhan Zaidi is saving money and not trying as hard as they could. Data be damned. You're right. That'd be damn. That's the perception. And who wants to spend a bunch of money on that? No, that's a good point. It's a really good point. I was thinking about the Cubs, right? Loyal fan base, the Cubs. The Giants attendance numbers are right there with the Cubs. Yeah. Cubs are horrible. They're absolutely right. horrible. And they want to ring in more recent, you know, times and have been to the playoffs consistently more, at least over the last seven years, than, than the Giants have. And like the Giants are, are neck and neck with them, you know what I mean? In terms of attendance. And they've got a loyal fan base. So I think you've got to like look around the bigs. The Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball. They're having attendance issues. Like, I don't think this is exclusive just to the San Francisco Giants. I do think it's inventory issues in baseball in general. It's expensive and it's laborious to go to a lot of games, right? And there's only so many people to draw from in a community. So I don't know. I I don't think this is exclusive to them, but I do think at some level they're going to have, it's not just one guy. It's not Luciano. It would have to be Luciano and two or three other young guys come up all at once. And you get that. Cause that was the convergence of Lincecum, Kane, Mad Bump, Posey all at once. And you still had Pablo all at once. That's five guys you care about five, yeah. right? Yeah. So on any given night, you know, one of them's in there. Well, and well, let's check in on this again a month from now, because yeah. there's always reasons. Oh, it's the pandemic. It's the, yeah. you know, it's the price. Am I and- caping up for him? What's that? No, no, I'm saying over the last couple of years, 
there's always something that they can throw out. And I'm kind of like, you're actually running out. You're running out of stuff. Yeah. Like this is not the pandemic. It's not because it's too expensive. Chase center yeah. is full. And uh, now the, now the kids are out schools out. Mm -hmm. You're, 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 you've got a good record. Um, and when the warriors are done, you're the only show in town. Yeah, I know. So I, well, I, I think that they're going to pick up steam. I really do. I think yeah, the let's second, see what July looks like. I, I think the second that the, the warrior season ends and whatever happens, happens. I think they're going to pick up a ton of steam. Look at just baseball real quick. Look at the Dodgers. Walker Bueller just went down. All right. He's out for like eight weeks with the flexor strain. That's a huge injury that I rattled off all the guys who aren't performing. They're vulnerable. No one wants to admit this. They're vulnerable. The Giants have had every injury under the sun and they're right there. Yeah. So if they could go on a little run, get a couple yeah. guys healthy. I just let's see where they're at mid July. Like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I do know that once school ended, it was one of the first things. Uh, my son said to me is like, okay, let's, can we do this? Can we get out to some giants games? Let's they haven't go. been yet this year. So um, hopefully that's uh, you know, that's a part of it for a lot of families out there. All right. And uh, if you do go to the ball game, you know, once in upon a time, you see something like this. Uh, we cannot let today get away without mentioning it is the 10 year anniversary of Matt Cain's perfect game. One of the best feel good moments in the history of sports in this city. And I was just thinking about this. We should show the highlight because everyone knows about Gregor Blanco's catch and it gets discussed, but I wonder if you've gone back and actually looked at it. And instead of looking at the catch, which was just a great diving play, yeah. look exactly where he is and think to yourself, remember this is before the fences got yeah, moved yeah, yeah. in. Think about how many times a line drive has been hit to that spot in the history of this stadium, 22 years. And if ever before any of them have ever been caught, or if any of them have ever, ever even had someone on the TV screen with where this ball is hit, let's run it. Yeah. Let's Take see. a look. Look at Gregor Blanco. Look at how hard this ball is hit and where he is when he makes this catch. And this is hit out into the alleyway. A long run for Blanco. And Blanco's going to dive. And he makes the catch. Just an unbelievable catch here in the seventh inning. People will remember this as being out in Triples Alley and right center field. That is almost dead red center field. <laughs> and the right fielder caught it. You, On the warning track. You will ne That ball is never at like. No. Tell me there wasn't magic in the building oh. somehow last night. Matt Cain said it best when he looked at him in the post came press conference right after the game and goes, what were you doing out there? <laughs> what were, why were you even there? I know. So it's crazy. insane. Well, you know what's crazy is I always watched where that right fielder's playing. Whenever I'm up in the view reserve area, you never see him start where he started from, which is so shaded over there. And when he makes the diving catch, I don't know what your brain thinks of, but I think of Jim Edmonds. That's as good yeah, yeah, as yeah. all of those Jim Edmonds catches from the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, just incredible. And then against the lowly Astros. Yes, people, they were in the NL, number yeah. one. Number yeah. two, they were horrific at the time. Absolutely horrific. So for as bad as the Giants are right now and as good as the Astros have been over the last eight years, think about what they went through to get to where they're at now. I don't think the Giants have gone through anything close to that. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, maybe back in the 80s or something like that. <laughs> but, I mean, it is uh, it has been not, not in this ballpark. 
Uh, that's for sure. And, uh, let's experience it one more time also. Yes. Here's how it all ended that uh, night 10 years ago. Kane appeared to look around, gazing at the upper deck, but now looking into Buster Posey. One ball and two strikes. On the ground, Arias from deep third. Got him! And that's a perfect game. And the Giants mobbing Matt Kane on the pitcher's mound. One of the top two I'm about to puke moments in the history of Giants baseball is Arias' stumble over there at third base. I'm going to match it right up with the 2014 World Series dropping of the ball to the left center that you thought was going to tie the game in the ninth inning. Those two moments, you're like, I mean, can you imagine if this guy had tripped and fall? I mean, he almost fell over. And then on his back leg, uncorks the throw of his life. A seed, a seed, an absolute seed. I mean, walking Arias, it just unbelievable. When yeah. I when I think of walking Arias for some reason, I also think of Eugenio Velez because I heard about those two players coming up at the same time, and I was I, I had high hopes for them. It never ended up working out. All right, it's going back to my prospect thing. The other thing, did you hear how loud and did you see how filled those stands right. were? Right. Did you notice that? Right. I mean, packed to the gills. I remember watching. It's my dad's birthday this same day every year. So every year he says the same thing. So on my birthday, we went as a family to Buca de Peppo to celebrate my sister graduating nursing school. And we watched the final four innings in the bar downstairs. And this is like the early advent of cell phones. And my phone was going crazy. Perfect game. You got to turn it on. And we watched the entire game downstairs as a family. It's a memory I'll never forget. And a random game against the Astros Crazy. that were sold out and absolutely rocking. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, there's there's some work to do uh, to get uh, that kind of magic moment back in the building. Have you ever been to a no hitter? No, no, not even as a media member. Like just really flat out nothing. So you know. we go down. We go down to San Diego. It's a bachelor party. We're gonna go Friday night to the game. I go, guys. Zito's pitching Friday night. Let's go Saturday. It's Timmy. Okay, okay. We end up doing bachelor party things Friday night, and then yep. Saturday we go to the game. Timmy throws 147 pitches and throws a freaking no hitter and pence makes the catch of all catches in front of us and then gets up and high fives one of my buddies it's one of the most insane games i've ever been to and to this day we always go thank god we didn't go friday night no exactly thank thank goodness for your (laughs) desire to drink um you know sometimes it works in your favor um, all right. Great uh, stuff. That's the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys uh, podcast. So long ago. It's coming at you twice a week. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any episodes.